You're listening to Season 2 of NFT 365. Talking crypto, blockchain, Web3, non-fungible tokens, metaverse, and... What the f*** is a non-fungible token? We'll get to that. It's time for today's episode of NFT 365. Powered by the ADHD coin, here's your host and digital futurist, Brian Fanzo. This show is not financial advice, so do your own damn research. What's up, friends? Welcome to another or a new episode of NFT365. We are off and rolling in season number two. And lucky for all of you and lucky for me, it's not just me for this episode, as we are bringing on a new co-host for the season, but not someone new to the show. Actually, someone that's made multiple appearances uh, during season one, who I got to hang out with and geek out with in person out in this beautiful state of Ohio. And I say beautiful with uh, every uh, you know sense of sarcasm there being born in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. But <laughs> Jordash Johnson, welcome to co-hosting season two excited to have you my friend what's up no i'm stoked man i uh yeah i was i was blessed to be on the show a couple times last last season and uh, i feel like every conversation uh was always fun and then obviously we can talk about ohio ohio um how that came about but yeah it's uh i'm looking forward to it i hope we can uh well, actually I, I know we're about to bring some fire to, to your audience and your listeners so it's gonna be a uh, good times yeah, so I'm excited. You know, your you know your background. You know, we both you know speak. We both have kind of had a, a little bit of marketing, branding. But you have a you have a you have a, your expertise and your knowledge is at a, a much deeper and a much different area than where kind of my experience has gone from. And I also love your approach to Web three. You've taken uh, kind of a different approach uh, and kind of like we've been in parallel in a lot of the same projects. Uh, yeah. Also wanting to eject out of a lot of the same projects, <laughs> which we'll have to save like for another episode. Right. Um, but before we jump into this episode give the audience a little bit of background about yourself kind of how you kind of got to here for those that might have heard you on the on season one right right i was born now i'm here what happened in between kind of thing right yeah, um, oh yeah oh, we're, gonna, we're gonna go way back then we're gonna start <laughs> <laughs> no man so like so i and i think it is important a little bit though like to get people kind of a context of like how i look at things in my and like what i like where my experience comes from so like i did start down the the business side of things i was in corporate for two and a half years before I realized I didn't want to be, um, you know, a, a, an employee for, for another person. Um, so I've been in the entrepreneur space for about 10, oh, actually 11 years now, um, running my own business, ran my own consulting agency in, in the digital um, growth side of things, helping online entrepreneurs grow and scale their businesses. So, you know, my background was finance and accounting. So I'm number, very numbers-based oriented. And then obviously when it comes to marketing over the last 11 years, you know, that's, that is kind of what, what my frame is when I'm looking through things, right? It's, it's, it's revenue numbers, marketing kind of thing. So, you know, as I've been getting into the web three space, I've been in crypto for about five and a half, six years now, um, holding, you know, you know, mining, holding, et cetera. And then in the last year or so, I've kind of jumped into the NFT side of things. And, you know, for me, it's, you know, I look at things, I'm definitely, it's, it's every, I mean, anybody that says they're not in the space to make money is lying to you. Like, it's not like, if you're like, I ain't in to make money. Like, dude, like you're, that's not a good way to start this relationship. Cause I know you're lying. Everybody's in this game to make money. Right. If not like now there's a lot of uh, tons of other benefits in this space. And there's a lot of things to be the first mover and, and, you know, being able to understand the new technologies and all the stuff that's happened around us, how it's going to impact almost every business model out there um, over the next five, 10 years. But, you know, at the end they were here to make money as well. And so, you know, that's where, you know, NFTs, like my journey in the NFT space has been, you know, tons of learning you know i look back now and you, and you just kind of joked about it but like dude some of the projects i jumped in the beginning i'm like jordan what were you thinking that is like what, there's so many red flags there right but i wouldn't have known that if i didn't jump in and i didn't have that experience so you know i, I talk about this thing called the stupid tax um that we all get hit with every once in a while and you know definitely some stupid taxes but that's part of the journey of learning right and that's part of growing and that's where like you know somebody asked me the other day like do you regret you know some of these projects i'm like no not at all because I wouldn't have learned from it. Yeah, did I did I lose some money? Of course, but you know the, the beautiful thing about you know investing or, or or putting your money to work, you can always make more money. Like there's no shortage of making money, right? Is if you if you know how to make money, you can always go make more if you lose it. So, but if I lose time, if I lose lose you know um, my ability to learn or the, the relationships that I can build, you lose those. There's a good chance you're not gonna get those back. So that's where like the importance of all these other 
um, benefits in this space is, is huge, but don't get it twisted, man. Like we look at things for, uh, to, to, to build assets, acquire assets and to grow assets. So we have more resources to go do and um, have a bigger impact in this world. And so that's the name of the game for me in, in web three right now. It's a land of opportunity. So I love that you're going to bring it because I, I come in from the zero financial background, right? And yeah, I love the stupid tax. I think stupid tax will be included in every episode of, of that you and I do together. And we should, we should do, we should like bring up, what is it? What is one stupid tax from, from your journey in web? Three, I, I like that. We're going to, we're going to have to add that as like a, a segment each time, which is a <laughs> one stupid, but you know, I think one of the things that you brought up, which I think is so important where we're at right now is that idea of like, you don't know, like it's, imp I, I always relate things to poker, right. Versus like, right. The, like, I don't know what hand I folded that actually allowed me to build uh, you know, rapport with someone across the table that the hand that I end up making all of my six figures on was the result of that hand that I folded. Right. And you don't know those like things. And I think sometimes that is how we look at a lot of the mistakes, but that also doesn't give us an excuse just to throw things around. Right. So, right. I, and I, and in your background too, you know, you're, you're a dad. I remember one of the first conversations we had and you were like, dude, I got in crypto because I was, I'm building the wealth for my family. Yep. And I remember like you saying that like so clearly because like in a weird way, like when I was in here, right, I got, I got into this space as like an early adopter I was like, this is the next thing. And then I was like, oh, wait a second. Like this is, this isn't just like the next live video. It's not just like the next blog or the next social met. Like it is a all encompassing, you know, um, component and the business aspect of it is something. Well, I think it's shell shocked the entire web three space. I mean, how, when you got in, I'm curious, like, as we think about this, like for those that are listening, right? Like give us a little context of your take of like the original business kind of acronym of this space and then kind of how we're getting there now. I think we can kind of share a little bit about like, <laughs> where, we're, where we're at. Cause like, let's face it. SBF has taught us a lot. Like Bro. I mean, if that guy could run an exchange and not know, you know, the, his balance sheet or uh, where certain things are. I mean, I'm not even sure if that guy knew how to check his own email yet. He could be argued as one, you know, a super smart trader, so but genius. yeah, well, give dude, us a little bit that, that your context and your sense of the business space and where we've gone. hundred percent. Well, before I go to there, like never in my life did I imagine that I would see two billionaires lose their billions in like in a week between Kanye and SBF. I'm like, yo, like y'all just, I guarantee if I have bees next to my name, I ain't losing them in 24 hours. <laughs> like that ain't happening. And let's let's be real too. Like, I mean, no, in the, in the history of our time, like we've been, we've like followed people growing to billions. Right. And like, and, and most of them have been like the disconnected old white guy, right. That we right. were very confused how they get it. Well, then we got Yi and we got SBF, like two people that are like, hey, we can kind of relate to them. I mean, still in Twitter, you know, Taylor right. Swift's microphone and, and him being right. SBF being in the Bahamas. But then all of a sudden, both of them are just like, here's how you destroy a brand, a reputation and all of your billions. So here's the thing. And, and we're going to come back to the business question. I want I want to get yeah. back there. But like, I think this is something very, very important that we can translate those learnings from from SBF and Yi. It takes a long time to build your personal brand up. It takes a long time to build up. And I'm watching people right now in this space put that at risk for a few dollars. Yep. Like there's people out there right now that I'm seeing showing projects that shouldn't be selling. They're, 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 they're doing some shady stuff out there for a quick dollar. And I promise you in about two, three years, they are not going to be around. If not, they're going to be getting fined by the FCC um, or the SEC is going to be coming after them because they're doing some shady stuff right now, right? So like, it's, it's, it's very important for people to understand. It's not about making quick dollars in this space. It's about building your brand, building your reputation and, and, and getting involved and building in the space for the long term. This is not a short-term person's game. Can you make a lot of money in the short term? Yeah, if you want to put a lot of stuff at risk, not saying you can't, but like, don't put your don't put your reputation at risk like that's once you lose that especially in this space early on why why like for a couple dollars for a couple commas like no one could pay me enough money to for me to go try and ruin my reputation but like but you see what happens it can get taken down very very quickly if you're committing fraud like SBF did yes i said it he's committing fraud or if you do some crazy stuff that that ye, that ye's doing on some disrespectful crazy i'm not even going down that path but it can be you can lose everything you've built for a long time by just thinking so short term. And that's what like, I see it happen all the time in this space. And I don't think people realize, like you were saying, we are so, and I know people say this all the time, we're just getting started, but like, dude, like this is industry shaking stuff. And so going back to what you were saying around the business side of things, man, coming in here, I was shocked to be honest with you. Like, I'm just going to be a hundred percent honest. Yeah. I was, I'm, I'm watching these companies raise and I say raise 
millions of dollars through their NFT launches, through their mints, and then they're going to go try to figure out what to do with it. And I'm like, what? what? Like, this is, not, this is not even Kickstarter we're talking about now. At least Kickstarter, they had a game plan. They had prototypes. They had, they're like, hey, we're going to go build. Did they, they meant more often than not, they didn't build it yet. They're raising funds to do that. But now we're talking about, hey, here's some pictures. I'm built a community. And now I'm just going to take money from y'all. Then we're going to go figure out what to do with it. Like, crazy to me. That now, like, even to this day, I go some, I'm like, we won't talk, we won't name specifics, but I'm like, dude, what have you done for your project in the last six months, 12 months that you've been raising millions of dollars for them and making and collecting millions of dollars in royalties from now? Like, so that's, that, that was the first thing that was crazy to me that was happening in this space from a business side. The second thing, though, is I, we've talked about this. I hated, I hated calling things NFT projects because I'm like, <laughs> you guys are businesses. You guys are raising money. You guys are creating a product. You guys are building an audience. You guys have, I'm not, the SEC can come after me. You guys have investors. You guys have people who've given money to you, who've supported you for your business. You have to deliver on what you provided. So when people are talking about roadmap, AKA business plan, it's like, this is not a brand new thing. People like this is, we, you, you solve a problem. People will pay you to solve that problem. But the question is, what are you solving? I promise you, community is not one of them. Building the community is, not, aka, utility is not. That is that that got that got, that got you away for for a little while, but that's where we're we're moving into this new shift of like you got to come more than just hey, we got this awesome community over here. I don't want to go pay for friends. I'm not gonna go pay hundreds of dollars, thousands of dollars to go hang out with friends. Now, don't get it twisted. There are some exclusive groups of people that could really catapult your business. Right. And that's the thing we're like, we're proofs coming, going yep. along the ways and, and, and putting in some of these exclusive environments with some very successful people. That's just like a country club. But at the same time, you know, I look at these these NFT projects. Guys, there's basic principles and foundations you need to know if you're running a, a, a NFT business, just like any other business. You, this is where SBF got in trouble. I want to throw a little, you know, so like I think one of the things, the reasons that people didn't call it like an NFT business was because of like that unknown. Like it like like I was thinking about it like if I put myself back 18 months ago, right? Like the first 9 months I literally was throwing money in things without even thinking about like yeah, I mean, I identified the roadmap as a business plan, right. but it wasn't like I was like expecting Kickstarter type at least results when I, you know, when it's fully funded. Right. And I think part of that was almost like a it was almost like a genius move from like the CryptoPunks, Bored Ape, that early, you know, CyberKongs, because they made it seem like, hey, we're all like, because if they would have said, hey, come invest in my startup, it'd be like, no, you're right. going to give me a photo and you're going to take $1,000 on my money? Screw right. you. Right. But it was like, hey, we're going to build this project together. Come invest. And so like, I'm curious, like, we have to like rethink about like the vernacular that we used, I think ultimately put us in the position that allowed us to like recognize that a lot of these projects just suck. I mean, they don't right. have any business acronym underneath them at all. Right. No. And, 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 and you're hundred percent right. But, but it's also this, here's the thing is this isn't unique to, and we're talking the NFT space. This isn't unique just to this space. This is, right. this is how industries and, and niches are, it's, it's a curve, right. And, and not even the technology, adoption, but like the sophistication curve. Right. And so where it's like, you know, us as consumers, us as collectors in this space, we're becoming more and more sophisticated of what do we want? What do we do not want? What do we expect? Right. Back in the last year of 2021, when, when, the, when it was, everything was this gangbuster, you could throw up a picture of something random and you got 12 year olds making $500,000 for some art that they created. But like that, that was purely riding on hype, right? People, there was, there was enough built up pressure that people are like, I want the next board ape. And people are still chasing that right now that they can expect that that can turn $400 or $200, whatever it was to $400,000 within a year. Like they caught such lightning in a bottle. I would argue there'll probably never be an NFT project like that ever again. Like that's. I mean, but so here's the, here's the funny thing about that. If we think about it, Who's really to blame? Right? <laughs> is it the is it the founders that were really were selling at that, art, or is it all of us that gave them gave them money to validate their not need to have any of those things? A hundred percent. Well, I think so. It's it's. I always say this: no one is forcing you to spend your money on anything, right? right? The consumer <laughs> is the one that says buy. Like that that is that is your responsibility to decide from. Am I going to push that button yes or no to transfer this ETH or whatever it is from my wallet to their wallet? Like that is 100% our response. We, we need to take ownership of that, right? Even yeah. when somebody's, you talk about do your damn research all the time. You can, we can talk all the way. Well, somebody told me to invest in this and it lost money. Well, did, 
you're the one who invested in it. You make that decision, right? So I want to preface that with that. Now, I will tell you, though, I think part of it, this, it comes down to greed, right? This yeah. is human behavior, greed that says, I want to make a whole bunch of money very, very quickly without doing much work. And that's when they, as soon as, soon as proof was happening in CryptoPunks and Bored Apes, everybody's like, I don't want to miss out. I missed out on this. I don't want to miss out on the next one. I don't want to miss out on me having people seen on my Twitter feed. Now there are millionaires driving their Lambos, all this other stuff, the craziness out there. I don't, I want that. So that sophistication was not very high from a, and I'm not talking about intelligence. I'm just talking about like sophistication of the market was not very high at that point. They just saw, holy crap, you can get rich very, very quick. I want to be, I don't want to make sure, I want to make sure I don't miss the next one. So that on top of, the the the, um, the project founders not having to not really having a clear idea what the hell they're doing. They just saw that they can make a quick dollar by being able to, and I'm not saying in a, in a bad way, but they can make good amount of money by creating a project and minting, minting an NFT project. That combined allowed these types of projects to get to get away with it. Now, eventually, what happened? What happened was in May, the thing called a bear market came in, and people were like, "Holy crap! I just lost a whole bunch of money, or my NFTs are worthless now." Now we're like. Oh, that's probably shouldn't have, you know, I probably should have expected more from this. And this happens, right? This is, yeah. this is the, the, the other part of the, the coin of you can ride hype when everything's, everything's great in a bull market. You can ride all this hype. You can, you can create value. Anybody can create value in that. But as soon as a bear market comes, as soon as times get tough, as, as soon as that hype starts getting sucked out of the marketplace where people aren't FOMOing in on things because everything is rising when things are dropping, that's when the tide comes out. I think the, uh, um, um, what's his, oh my gosh, Warren Buffett says, once the tide comes out, you're going to see who's swimming naked, yep. right? And that's what's happening right now is like, holy crap, like some of these projects are not delivering anything, like literally zero utility for this money that I invested in this. So now us as consumers are like, well, we lost a whole bunch of money in this NFT space. Now we need to really start, hey, if I'm going to put my money in anything going forward, what are you actually going to provide to me? Right. Like I'm not providing my money to Apple, hoping Apple delivers me value. No, I when I give my money to Apple, I know I'm about to get an awesome product. It's going to be it's going to be very good user experience and it's going to last me for a while. Right. That's that's why I'm willing to pay a premium for a product like that. This is where the market sophistication is coming into play, which is a good thing. I promise you, this is all good. This is just the evolution of a marketplace. And now we're going to start people. We're going to hold founders um, to a different level of expectation of now you actually need to deliver something of value if I'm going to give you my money versus just FOMOing in. And we're still in this kind of hype marketing. We're kind of like on, we're, we're one foot in, one foot out kind of, I would say now, but it's only going to become more and more important for utility or AKA benefits. I hate how we use some of these economic terms. I'm going to say benefits that you need to be able to provide to your collectors or investors and that we're going to expect. And I think that's the big shift that's happening in the last, you know, since, once I, since I entered it at the beginning of the year till I'm like, Oh yeah, I expect, like I, in my mind, I'm like, you know, like I'm going to pay you for this. I expect it either to go up in value. I expect something in return in some form or fashion. And it's, once again, it needs to be something tangible. Like it's not right. just community that some projects claim because everybody can have community. Like, and this goes back to a business. Like if you're starting a business, what sets you apart? What is your unique selling prop or selling proposition, your USP? We say this all the time. Like what is legitimately going to set you apart that says, I want to be a part of that. And if, if you're, if you're a business or a, a project owner now, and you can't define that, you're going to have struggle going forward. Not saying you can't make money, but you're going to have a struggle because more, more and more people are going to expect more for their investment, aka their purchase of your product, which is your NFT. You know, the thing about this, though, is that I've heard this and I could feel it in some Twitter spaces right now, that there are founders out there that are just doubling down saying, if I can survive the rest of the bear market, I'm going to have another run of people that don't know any better. And, they, and they're going to ride the fact that said, my project's on a two-year anniversary. Why would you not want to invest in a project for two-year anniversary, right? And I think yep. that's a scary mark of this because there are some people that had enough runway, right? Yep. Weren't fully dependent on secondary sales as their only source of built, keeping their team alive. Yep. And I think a lot of them are just treading water right now. Literally, there's like, 100%. you know what? Because they, I, And I think, sad, the truth of it is, that we are going to do our best to educate the market, right? We, and I say we as the collective, we as like those of us that want to build a culture that that is ultimately going to be there for the long run. But I also think there's a, still a subsection of those greedy people. And, and sometimes it's not greed. Sometimes it's lack of 
you know, lack of awareness, lack of desire to change. Um, you know, let's face it like that. I mean, there's one founder right now that, you know, both of us know that are in like, that it's just like so frustrating that it's like, you have everything that every project would want, yet your desire is to status quo. And I believe part of that is just to ride out to hopefully capitalize it again on the back end. Yep. And then probably at the end of the day, like this is my prediction on that project is like, they're going to say, well, you have the IP that is a historic NFT in the NFT space. And like, that makes my skin crawl a little bit, but at the same time, you know, it, it is kind of funny because there are people that are dropping projects right now that are amazing, full of business value, delivering quality from the jump, and they can't sell a thousand NFTs. Yep. And there are projects that are still around from a year ago that have not delivered anything and yet are are thriving, right? So like to your point, like we're still like half in, half out on the hype side. And the part of this, I'm curious from your experience in the financial side, the crypto side, the speculation concept, right? Like I, I mean, I'm a poker guy. The reason I've always loved poker was because I sit at a table. I don't have to be the smartest guy at the table. Yep. All I gotta do is find one person that I'm better at and I get to play <laughs> that person. Right. And yep. I, to me, it was never very much a speculation. It was more of like a, I know that my percentage of getting it on and based on my read, this is the range of cards they have. Yep. This is what I believe my percentage of winning is. I'm putting my money in the middle. This game doesn't seem as much because I will tell you, there's a couple of them where I like sourced it. I found my one mark. I put my money in and I'm like, where'd, where'd the money go? Like, <laughs> I, I, I got zero in return, right? So talk to me a little bit about like your experience and like the speculation side and how much of crypto was built, especially early on yeah. projects and speculation and less, I mean, because Shiba Inu and Doge were presented to us as useless vanity make fun of meme coins right and yet they're still here and they're not going anywhere anytime soon right so give me which, give me a little of your sense on how that you know that history because i think that'll bring us all the way back around to what people can think about moving forward yeah totally totally so i think you know <laughs> one thing you, you touched on real quick was before i before we get to the to the to the crypto side of things is the the projects that are writing it out right now, and I know for a fact they are. Like I can see the, I can literally see the writing on the wall. Yep. It's, it's gonna happen, right? Because if you think about this, you you were you go back to the early e-commerce days. Go back to the early those the early two thousands. I remember when I'm like I had a, my senior year of high school, like my computer science class. I had to build a website. That was my project. And it was a, it, I built an e-commerce site, right? HTML, CSS style. Oh, and yeah. it's like, you look at that and people are like, I'm never going to put my credit card online. It's going to get scammed. And people are getting scammed left and right, right? Through eBay, through um, all the stuff. Like people were getting scammed left and right because it was a wild, wild west still, right? And that's kind of I equivalent where we're at right now. So there's still going to be bad actors and there's still going to be people getting taken advantage of, right? And I think that's where, you know, people like you, people like me, people like, you know, metaversities, people like ledgers coming out, like education is going to be, is so, so important in this space, right? That's where like it, it hurts so much seeing this SB, SBF stuff and this mm. FTX stuff that like if people, y'all, if you just weren't greedy and you, you put yourself in wallets that you controlled, you wouldn't have been affected. Like that's, it, it, it's as simple as education could have solved a lot of pain in this space, right? Yep. So I, I, I say that because there are going to be good people taken advantage of, but the reality that comes down to that is, it's it's on us to 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 spread the knowledge and to get people engaged to be able to say, hey, we just got to figure out how do we get a, a bigger voice to be able to say this is what we expect now. And now I'm gonna tell you right now, like hopefully hopefully expectations are in place before the next bull run because yeah, 100. There's gonna be this this nostalgia. This is like kind of like what crypto punks is now or, or crypto kitties. It's like hey, one of the first ones. We're an OG. Blah blah. blah. See. I don't think people are going to be able to ride that nearly as much as they think they are because the reality that it comes down to this, there was projects that were started before them. So it's like, you can't claim you're the oldest. You can't claim you're the most successful. You can't claim you're the most, you know, volume based, whatever from the project I was thinking of specifically. And it's like, yes, you can claim you've been around for two years, but then I hope there's a big rush of people saying, great. What'd you do for the last two years? <laughs> right. Like that's, that's, that's where that, that's what needs to happen eventually. Right. And it's going to have, it's going to, it's, it's almost guaranteed to evolve into something like that because you can only ride hype for so long. Right. And that's, that's the thing. Now, when it comes to crypto, hundred percent, you go back to the DeFi summer of 20, was it 2018, 2017, 2018 ICOs were the hottest thing on the block at that point in time. That was pure hype, pure hype. People were dropping coins left and right. And it was, those are big rug pulls. Like, so like 
you think about like that, what was going on there? I always say history doesn't repeat itself, but it leaves patterns. What was going on in the ICO space was really what was happening last year in the beginning of this year in the NFT space. It was, yeah. you could drop a whole bunch of crazy stuff for with nothing behind it. There was no substance and you can get people to buy in on that. Now, eventually, but you still see like now you see in crypto, like, you know, Ethereum, Bitcoin. Yeah, we have our ups and downs just like any other market. But dude, like they're still the kings and, and the queens of the of, of the space. Right. But yeah. then you get the the, the the doge of the world and the the uh, uh, Shibu of the world. Those are straight meme coins. I remember I was telling my boy like two years ago, I was like, I'm never putting my money in anything that says you guys were you guys were literally. You guys were literally coming out. Sorry. I love that you said Doge and your dog barked in the background. I know. That is, that is like, I mean, you, you literally got your dog uh, all fired up with some Doge and some Shiba Inu. I, I think that's, that's hilarious. I think the Amazon person's here. But no. Um, so one, but one of the things is around that, though, is like I was, I was joking around like, guys, this is not like I'm not putting my money in anything where uh, – I'm not putting my money in anything that, that legitimately is built around me. Like, it's stupid. Like, like my financial sense, I'm like, there is nothing back. There, there is no asset behind this. Like, what is driving the value of that besides purely hype? Now, we look. Here's the thing. This, this proves that you build a big enough market, a big enough audience, it can, can support a marketplace, which all a coin is is a marketplace. Buyers and sellers on each side, right? That's all it comes down to this. And I think, you know, I think that's the, you know, one of the interesting parts of that, like, you know, when I, you know, my dad got in the Sheeb and I was like surprised that my dad got in the Sheeb, my dad, big, uh, you know, stock market side. But like when he start, went into it, he was looking at like what was being built around it. And my dad right. still texts me on a regular basis. He's like, son, you see they're doing this and hey, they're going to, they're going to they're gonna be able to hold NFTs. And like the funny part about that is like, that was the after, after the of, like of selling memes. Right. And like, for any NFT projects out there right now, and I think that's a, this is a great place to kind of bring this conversation, right? Is um, there are projects right now that wanted to deliver the world, the metaverse, the the, the Netflix special, um, you know, 3D avatars, um, merchandise for days, and they haven't delivered anything, right? Or yep. if they have, it's been kind of subpar. People had to keep buying and buying and buying. Yep. So the question now becomes, what what business? What's the business move yep. of an NFT going from an NFT project to an NFT business so it's 100%. sustainable moving forward? Right, like that's I think where we're at, and that's a scary mark for a lot of projects. No, hundred percent. Because and it, you you mentioned it early on in the conversation. Part of the problem is they built a business without having any idea of how to monetize that business. They they were they are relying on royalties, and we saw royalties like one they can go. They, they can get taken away because they're not on chain right now. It's getting, it's we're getting there. But like the other thing is you that you will never you would never build a business where you did not have control of your revenue stream. Meaning I cannot wake up every day and say I'm going to go make revenue today because I know how to go make revenue today. Right now I'm depending on my customers buying and another one selling for me to get a cut, and that's my only revenue stream. You will not like you would not survive one bit in in in, in a normal quote unquote business and the web two business if that was your only yeah you can make a little bit of money affiliate revenue if you want to but like that does not you are not going to be sustained and so that that that's the good thing in my opinion because if you if if you're running a project or running an entity business right now and you don't understand how to make money outside of your your product or minting more and or royalties you're going to be in trouble. And there's ways that you can talk. We can we can talk maybe in a future episode of what yeah. how we can start progressing to that. But like, but going back to this is you have to two things. Number one, you have to identify revenue streams like we just talked about, and being able to build because you need revenue coming in to support your initiatives, to build a team, and to be able to have a bigger impact and offer more value to your to your customers. You need revenue coming in like that's business one on one. The other thing though is. You need to understand who you're serving, who is your customer. This is a thing. This is a big mistake I see a lot of NFT projects make. Is they're like, hey, anybody can come buy my NFT. Hey, blah blah blah. It's like, if I started a business and I told one of my mentors said, hey, who? And they're asking who you going after, and I say everybody, they're gonna laugh at me. Right. You go on Shark Tank, they ask you what, what, who you focus on. Everybody, they're gonna. That's laugh the first at thing you. I thought of. Every person that's ever answered that on Shark Tank has literally got laughed out of that, right. out of that room, right? Right, because everybody means nobody, right? So it goes back to what is your unique selling proposition? What makes you unique? What is this? What is something that you can bring? What is a superpower that you can bring to your audience? That's gonna set you apart. And says, holy crap, I want to be a part of that. Holy crap, I want that. But to do that, you need to understand who you're serving. What are their problems? What are their pains? 
What are their struggles? What are their desires? This is marketing 101. When you understand your avatar, then you can know how to serve that avatar, right? Right now I'm seeing the like, and I'm looking like I'm in quite a few projects. Never once has I have I seen, hey, Jordan, like, what are you interested in right now? What Doing this customer research that is required in almost every single people, these big companies in Web2, they spend billions of dollars doing customer research. Why? Because they want to understand trends, behaviors, and desires. So yep. they can figure out what to bring to you next, right? Right now, these businesses in the NFT space are operating so siloed to say, hey, let's sit around our table and let's us two, three, four people in the project decide what we're going to offer next and hope it sticks, right? You know, you know and I got to give a shout out to Nerd Collective with Data NFT. He spent six months surveying people, putting putting tweets out and said, would you want a project? And, like, and, and I tell you what, we, we added them to our collection. I'm a holder of them, but like, he literally, and, and the, he has a dash, the day one after Mint, there's a dashboard built for all your holders that analyzes your trades over time. And someone asked him, like, why, why did you pick the data on there? He's like, at first I was going to build it for myself, but then I decided to survey the 1,600 people over time on all the things they liked, and I put it there. And I was like, wow, Jeez. we haven't heard that here in Web3. But I will say that the part of that that's that is a little frustrating from a holder perspective, right? Those that are listening here to this are like, wait a second, you're telling me that secondary, you know, well, can't, shouldn't be their only source of revenue, but that means they're going to want me to spend more money and they still have not delivered me anything. Right. So like the, 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 like I, I've felt this a couple of times where there's a couple of projects that I love and I was like, Oh shit, they want another 500 bucks for me. I was like, I don't, I'm not going to give it. And like, and I know that that $500 would make that sustainable and probably give me return on my first a thousand that I gave them. But right. there's like that hesitation of like, wait a second, you're going to now want more. Right. And, I, and I'm curious, like your take on that, on that revenue and how we even as holders kind of get through that as well. Right. Well, so I would actually argue this is where two things. Number, number one, like from an investing standpoint, it's never good throw throw good money at bad money. So you may need to right. cut losses, right? And you may need to take and loss harvesting is not a bad thing, right? This can offset some gains you had over the years, and you can reduce your taxes if you want to, right? So like, not financial advice. I'm not an accountant. I do have an accounting background, but I'll tell you right now, like, you know, not all losses are bad losses, but sometimes you just need to cut your losses. Sometimes. Now, when it, the other thing though, I will tell you though is, you know, I would first I would argue, you know that holder, not holder, excuse me, that, that uh, founder shouldn't have taken money until they had a way to be able to figure out how to be able to deliver something of value to them. They may have been shooting for the, for the moon, but they should have been just said, Hey, can I take you to the next town? And you, would you be happy with that with the NFT? Right? So it's over promising right. under delivering is a big issue we see in this space all the time. Now, from a holder standpoint, you know, I'm, I would argue that like, I'll, I would say I can speak for myself. If I'm in a project and they say I've spent a thousand dollars and then they said, Hey, we need $500 to do X, Y, Z. My first question is, what did you get for my first hundred or for first thousand dollars? Because as an investor, if I invest in a company, if I'm an angel investor, if I'm an, an investor in stock market, whatever, like if you, if you have not returned any value for the money that I'm going to give you, like why, what, what, what is going to do? What is the good? What are you going to do to change my thought process? That you're going to change your behavior to bring me money by, or get, bring me some value for this next round of money that I'm going to bring. If you haven't delivered anything, you better not come back to me and ask me for money. I'll tell you that right now. Like that's, that's not going to happen for me personally. And if you haven't delivered on anything right now, right. I will tell you though, from a, from a, uh, uh, holder, excuse me, from a founder standpoint, or, or um, is there's more ways to monetize your business besides your existing audience, right? Like that's yes. that's the thing that we like. That's why I think so many people are so like that start projects are so like they're in silos because that's all they know or all they've seen is hey, to make more money, I have to mint some. I have to create another NFT project to mint. No, so like that's where. But I think that's where a lot of these people in these early projects like. From two months ago, all the way back through last year, they're gonna get. There's gonna be. They're gonna be stuck in a rock in a hard place because they haven't. Some of these projects haven't delivered anything, and so like the thing is now, I think we're gonna start seeing a lot more projects being started where NFTs are not the product. That is just part of the business. There's an actual product or service that is actually being started where an NFT amplifies that, or an NFT yep. gives more access or more opportunity with for the holder or for the customer with that. Like I think habit nest is a perfect example that we talked about before yep. where it's like they have a product and a service. Right now all these NFT products or businesses are started with an NFT in mind. And I don't think like I think moving forward, I think 
like I said, it, that can't be the, the, the star of the show. In my personal opinion, there has to be something to back it up. Right. And I think yep. that's where we're going to start trending to. Cause I mean, and I'll give you a perfect example, like SaaS software, right? Yep. You build a tool. Great. I can charge you a monthly subscription for that tool, right. or I can sell you an NFT and you get lifetime access. And that's a proven model. There's a company called AppSumo out there. They're doing <laughs> tens of millions of dollars selling other people's product at a lifetime deal. Why? Because they built an audience. Yep. And they they said, hey, software tool that you just was this created. You want to access my audience? Come sell a lifetime deal to them. Let me take a cut. You get a whole bunch of new users for free or for very cheap. Excuse me. Right. Yep. So that, that that model is proven in the Web2 space. People want lifetime deals to tools. And that's just an example. But yep. like you need to have something of substance. That's the problem. A lot of these don't have anything of substance. So going back to your original question, if you ask me for money and you haven't provided me anything. <laughs> well, and let's face it, a lot of that substance, they think of it only for their own, their holders, right? Like right. that is like, that is that by, like, let me do a 3D printed model of that for your audience. Let me, and you're like, wait a second, if it's only to owners and holders, right? You're not only are you shrinking the poll and the, I mean, let's face it, this poll has been shrinking, you know, uh, as total, you know, total amount of people. And that's why like you see an NFT mint good right now, right. you're going to see floor prices drop on so many other projects, right? Because yep. people are pulling liquidity, liquidity. across the board, yep. but like ultimately, you know, and, and like you know, I, I think about the the women-led projects that like, we had the boom of women-led projects, female-founded projects early this year. Crypto Tech Women, uh, founded by Gigi, has done an amazing job of saying, "Hey, we all launched." And I would argue, Crypto Tech Women was not in the top echelon of popularity of female-led projects. Yep. But she had a dial in. She's like, "I'm a software engineer." She's on season one. Anyone wants to go back and listen to her interview? She's like, "I'm a software engineer." I'm going to build a training and uh, infrastructure for women in Web3. I'm going to build it for not just my holders, but my holders are going to get access to it. I'm going to white label to other people and I'm going to double down. And I remember thinking, why is her floor poise so low? And I think it says a lot to the space, right? Like it wasn't the the hype. It wasn't the, but yep. one could argue crypto tech women might be further along than every 100%. female led project right now that was in that, in that hype cycle. And it's partially because her model is is not to just holders. It's to right. all those other people. I love that you brought up Habit Nest uh, and the Phoenixes uh, that were there as well. And I think full circle on this, I know we're going to get into a little bit of news, but like, you know, we mentioned SBF and Yi at the beginning, right? Like, and I think part of this that I think we still haven't seen is like accountability, right? There's, there's like the difference between FUD and accountability, right? And right. unfortunately right now, it, there's so many people protecting their own bags in projects that support certain people that will, will play the flood card because they don't want it to actually be true because it, it almost validates and proves that like, Hey, the decision you're making is bad or the money that you have is, is bad. So like, yep. I'm looking like we do have to kind of get through some more of this, like, Hey, like we know for months on end, you were paid, not disclosed, and all of these projects pumped and dumped, right? Like, yep. what does that mean for you? And like, and then we have to ask ourselves, like, why is that person still supported? Or why is that project yep. still supported? Yep. But I still think we have a little ways to get through that. And so yep. the, the interesting part is for all those that are listening right now, don't let someone's floor price of a project or secondary volume determine that like, that long-term business value. Cause like both yep. of us are fan of the Phoenixes and Habit Nest, right? Like we like the product, the, the app is on our phone. It doesn't matter to me that not many people are buying or selling it on the back end because I'm holding it. It's giving me a service that I that I like. And eventually, as more people come in and realize, stop paying weekly or monthly for that that app. You can buy an NFT. All of a sudden, demand increases, yep. and what the supply that we're holding is good, right? And I think 100%. I think we're still we. It's crazy to think, but we still got many more months of like the business model part figuring out. But yep. I do believe there are projects minting right now that are solid business models yep. that just aren't getting the love. No, hundred percent. And I think, so one of the other thing I'll point out too, I think this is part of, part of the issue you're talking about, you know, uh, the, the tech women one is with Gigi's project. Like that's where we got to stop. And you, you know, this from the social world, you, but you were in social media early, early on. If, all these vanity metrics don't mean crap, like zero, <laughs> yep. like number of followers don't pay your bills, right? You know that from the vanity world. Cause I know yep. people that have hundreds of thousands, if not millions of followers that have zero, no, zero know-how of how to monetize that following to, to at, at all. Right. Yep. And I'm like, yo, if you give me, I have 
2,000 followers on Twitter, but, and I know how to go monetize my, or 3,000 people on my Facebook, I can go monetize my audience right now if I wanted to, right? So right. it's like, there's, there's, there's that vanity metric, and, but the vanity metric in the NFT space is, what's your floor price, and how fast did you mint out? Yep. None of those matter. None of those matter right now. Because what happens is, is, like I guarantee, if I'm a betting man, I'm putting my money on Gigi's project before any of the other these other projects that I see out there. When especially when it comes in the in the crypto women space or focus space, because it's like there is substance behind it. And like you like you said exactly, she built a business that's not built around the NFT. She built a business with an NFT that supports or as, adds an aspect to that. But that is not her main business right now. And that's not the way she's 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 marketing her business. And that's and that's goes back to what you were talking about with the influencer problem we have is because right now NFT projects, if that's all you have, you are very limited on the ways you can market your business. You can't do paid ads. No, nope. right? You can't you, you Twitter and we're talking, we're all talking in an echo chamber in crypto Twitter, right? Like we're all going everybody, every project holder is going after this fishing from the same pond in there, right? So it's like either you got to bring People, you need to be able to start build, build a business and have an entity support it. And this is what Habitness is doing. I'll use them as an example. Again, guys, they they do a crap ton of revenue in their normal business, in their Web two business. They're using this as an onboarding ramp to Web three. Like that, that's they're using this. They have a they have a built in customer base that they can onboard consistently, consistently, consistently. Because they're able to market their other business through traditional channels right now, which then gives them an opportunity to get them into their project. That project is going to take off at some point in time, in my personal opinion, because they have such a good funnel coming in from web two to web three. Yep. That's why they're going to crush it. Now, going back to this whole SBF and this, this Yee stuff, man, like these people, and I say these people, the people that are, are um, doing some shady stuff, their time's coming. Karma's coming. Like karma always wins, right? Yep. And that's and that's what you got to realize if like, they may not be caught right now. And this is why I was going back to alluding to with, with, you know, putting your reputation at risk. What do we say all the time, Fanzo? The blockchain don't lie. The blockchain don't lie. In two years, people can be like, yo, <laughs> when people get very, very good at reading blockchain. Yeah. It's, it's in, in investigative reporters. And especially if they start, if, if they continue to grow and get bigger and bigger influence in the space. You think people are getting canceled now for some crazy stuff. Wait till they get canceled because they're going to uncover fraud happened. Like that's what's going to happen at that point in time. So like I was thinking, you know, it's funny. I was thinking like the weirdest like connection there. So like I've been, I, I love like, um, you know, real uh, you know, crime podcasts, crime TV right. shows. And like my TikTok's actually filled with a lot of like, you know, independent, uh, you know, like journalists and like, they, you know, like the, the, the sleuths of the world. Right. And like what amazes me is like they're able to read through like police scanners and like, and like, and a lot of that's like, and just think about what SPF did, right? The amount of people that had never looked at ether scan before, but all of a sudden were forced to do it so that they could actually articulate what the hell SPF was not doing right. or doing or <laughs> confusing all of us on right. to your point. Like as soon as that gets leveled up and then we're going to yeah. be able to go reverse engineer and be like, Oh, aren't you the person that said you're building community and you're here right. to deliver and yet you've been siphoning off 25%, you know, every single week going into this wallet, which we know is funded by like, so like that is that blockchain don't lie component, but this is also like, we're hearing, and this is a weird kind of connection to what's in the news right now. Yeah. There's a lot of brands that are getting in this space and six months ago, nine months ago, probably on the season one of the podcast, I probably did an episode around why I thought brands were good coming in this space. And partially for me was like, they have a product, <laughs> they have a service, they have a team, and they're used to operate operationalizing something, right? Like, yes. let's, let's, let's believe that. But there was a lot of us in this space, and I can even throw my name in the hat, that there was also like a hesitation, like we don't want brands to ruin it. We don't, but let's face it, we were ruining it because we weren't <laughs> asking these, these businesses to actually have something, right? So like right. when you see a Nike, an Adidas, like we just, I just heard about uh, Major League Baseball, there's a, um, you know, the Live Golf Tour uh, yep. just uh, invested in another uh, NFT marketplace. Like they know what their product and service is. They know what their business model is. And I can guarantee you it's about a thousand things. And one of the access points will be an NFT. And I know we're seeing that with some of the, you know, the artifact things that came out as well. Right. No, hundred percent. And that's so like, and I understand where people are coming from, where they're like, I don't want brands to ruin this. This is, this, this is the web three maxis we'll call them. Right. They're like right. fully decentralized. We don't want anybody to control what we want to do, et cetera. Like, unfortunately that's never going to be like, we're going to have decentralization, but we'll, we will never in my lifetime. I, I believe, um, 
I, I, I highly, I, I basically do not believe that we're going to ever fully live in a fully decentralized world because that is, that is anarchy in my personal opinion, right? There has to be some sort of controls and needs to be some sort of pecking order and things like that. Right. And, and uh, regulations in, in some form or fashion. Now there's a lot of areas that we decentralization can offer tons of value. Now, now I will tell you, like there are brands that, you know, don't have trust in the marketplace, right? Yep. Do I, do I trust Facebook? No. Am I ever going to connect my, my, my ledger wallet to something that Facebook owns? No, because why? Because they've abused their power with, with the data and things like that. Right now on the flip side though, is when I look at the Nikes of the world, the Adidas of the world, the Starbucks of the world, whatever, everybody, all these people investing in this space, this gets me super excited. You know why? Because they have people smarter than me. They have a lot more money than me and they understand the direction this is going. So this is validates us that we're heading in the right direction. If they're spending this much time, money and resources, because they understand where this, where we're going to be at in the next three, five, seven, ten 10 years. And they need to make sure they have their awareness being built right now in today's space. Cause they're building seven, 10 years down the line. Yeah. You know what? Well, no, it's interesting on that note, right. Is that, you know, we, we talked fashion in, in this space, right. We talked metaverse in this space. We could talk, you know, SAS, you know, solutions being offered in this space. And it's interesting for me looking at brands on like, you know, one of the weird things that I'm looking at is like, a, you know, anytime I read the news on all of these, right. And we, we can talk about the news reading it as a whole, but like, yeah. I always try to read between the lines of like, what is their goal with that being right. their first drop or their first instance? And the weird thing is, I think a lot of it is they are really trying to separate themselves from crypto, which yes. is like a weird, right. Like, because we yeah. know, like, I mean, Starbucks, right. They, they are, they, I mean, they took over for an entire month in this space and they made it clear us only fiat purchases only yep. no crypto right like because right. like, well, they, they didn't use the word nfts right, right. they're not using yeah. anything yeah. they're not they're moving removing all these words which is and this is from a marketing standpoint genius that's how you hit masses look at that's what reddit was able to do that's why reddit got three million people downloading their vault aka their wallet and their digital collectibles aka their nfts because we didn't use they didn't we didn't use these crazy terms that some of us have we know what they are but the average Joe walking down the street or Jane walking down the street has no clue what they are. Yeah. I listened to the Tim Ferriss interview uh, and he's launching his own NFT yep. and, you know, and many people know Tim Ferriss, he used NFT once at the beginning and then digital collectible was what he was in his, was in his narrative the entire time. And like, yep. you know, he's someone that knows how to move some products and services and, and that man has influence. Right. So I think that's right. a, that's an interesting piece. You, you mentioned, you know, the other part about like the news right now yeah. and it's kind of like a hot mess, right? Like it's a hot mess. Like how the hell does anyone know who's predicting the future correctly or what the future is like when the variety of headlines are all over. Right. I, we were talking about this earlier, man. I was like, I was scrolling through my phone yesterday or today. And I'm like, I was, I scrolled through three different, different articles or headlines. One was Bitcoin's going to be a hundred thousand dollars by the end of next year. Next one was Bitcoin's going to be $10,000 by the end of first quarter. Next one was Bitcoin's going to be a million dollars by 2030. Right. So it's like up, down, up, down. Like who do I need to believe? Right. Here's the thing that you can, Here's the thing you can guarantee. No one actually knows what the hell they're talking about right now. Like, let's be honest with you. Like, True. You, if you throw enough predictions out there, you're bound right. to get one right. And then you can just, you can, you can say, I told you so. We're going to forget about all the other stuff, right? Look at Skip Bayless out there, right? Look yeah, at yeah. Colin Cowherd, Colin Cowherd and Skip Bayless. <laughs> right, Literally, like, if, if, if one day of the year you pick a different team to win the NBA, you can just do I, a nice callback, right? Yeah, like, I'm good. I'm good. I called it, right? So, like, this is where, you know, I, 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 I talk to people all the time about this. I'm like, guys, like innovation doesn't happen based off headlines, right? Building doesn't happen based on headlines, right? You know what? You know what? What the leading indicator is of innovation, leading indicator is of adoption, leading indicator is of technology adoption is where is money being invested, resources, yep. right? So that's why when you were asking me earlier about these brands coming in here, I'm like, oh my gosh, like, yes. When I see Animoca brands raise $2 billion fund last week, to purely invest purely in metaverse companies? Yes. Walmart, right? Walmart going all in on a metaverse solution, right? Like, I mean, right. like, like I mean, these big players pushing big weight in that direction. Right. They, this, this is proof because once again, like, I, and I don't know all these biz, I'm not in these, I'm not in the board meetings. I'm not in their strategy sessions, but like, I know there's, there's case studies out there. Apple's looking five, seven, 10 years. They know what they're producing from a product standpoint in the next five years, seven years by the quarter. Right. So now they're like, 
okay, we're going to come out with our goggles next year for $2,000, just like when the first iPhone came out and it was like $600, which was like seven times more expensive than the average Razer phone. They know that's not the mass market product right there. That is just taking their, their, their name in the sand and says, we're competing in this space now. They're going to get mass adoption in two or three years, right? All these other companies, they're not in it. They don't, they don't care what the price of Bitcoin is. They don't care what the price of Ethereum is. They don't care if we're in a bear market, bull market. They don't care what NFT prices are. They just know, cool, our consumers' behavior is going to go this way. We need to go invest money into this right now and start building right now. These sandbox companies out there that have, you know, Wendy's is in there, Taco Bell's in there right now. Purely from an awareness standpoint, they're trying to shift their brand to say, hey, we are tech now. We are cool tech kids as well. This is purely going against the Gen Z generation, the Fortnite generation. That is who they're marketing to right now. Is there much utility behind it? No, but all we got to do as consumers, we just need to make sure that we understand the things that are happening, follow the money. That's all I can tell people all the time. Follow the money. When you start seeing investments, follow the money because that is where that is where innovation is going to happen. And like we talked about in the beginning of this, we we, talk, we spent a lot of time talking about NFT projects or crypto, but like this is all run by a blockchain. Like that is the engine underneath all this. That is a technology that is going to disrupt almost every single business model out there right now in some form or fashion. That is what we're all building. Right now, NFTs, crypto, that's all sits on top of the blockchain. That's all cool use cases. But what we know of them, especially NFTs, what we know of them as today is going to be total 180 degrees different when the true functionality of what NFTs, the power of NFTs are going to actually provide beyond just a PFP project, which is what the main use case is today. All that's going to change when, when these brands are getting their hands on this stuff. And you know what, one of the interesting, like, kind of like the, the, like the most beautiful synergy of this is, you know, Art Basil, Art Basel just, you know, finished up and Art Basel has been around for 13 years, I think. Right. And like us in web three, like we claimed it last year as like an event that was like in our wheelhouse. But I was, I was doing a Twitter space uh, this afternoon for alpha Mondays. And I, I mentioned to Gabe, Gabe Weiss from the Stoics. And I was like, yeah. I was like, Gabe, how many of your sketches did you do? Like my entire Twitter feed is full of your sketches. And he was like, 200 plus and i was like dude what and he's like he's like i don't know if i'm becoming known as like the guy that was like that can do the sketches that give people like a real life one he goes but you know what he goes do you know how many people that i did a real life sketch before that took that and then bought my nft art and then took a picture and said they're buying it and putting it on their wall and it like hit me so smack in the face like that art model has been around since the beginning of time the blockchain added transparency, allowed a marketplace to existed, and provided royalties, a pro royalties there. And yes. you know what's crazy about that is, I st- like right now. I mean, I mean, I'm a little biased with the AI art that I'm creating myself, but like, I'm so dialed into understanding that art scene because yes. the blockchain is just facilitating that the the vehicle of the art that is always what we cared about in the, uh, the first place, right? And like, I yes. had someone DM me today. And they are like, can I make you an offer on the thing that you told me you're minting to own that uh, as the only one of one NFT? And I was like, what? He's like, I want that. The one you tweeted out two nights ago, I want to make you an offer for it before it even becomes an NFT. And I was like, like that to me is like, they, they simply want the art and they want to be the only one that owns it. They yep. know the blockchain can validate that. And yep. they know for me, we can facilitate the transaction. Yep. And I think that's the wild part. Like the PFP con- concept, and I'm not anti-PFP concepts. Oh. I, we, I think we both are anti, no, like if you're selling the, the art for the art, right. the art stands alone, right? But if right. you're selling the art as a front door into something, there better be something. Right. <laughs> or something we're have to door. deal with more of this nonsense that we've had before. Right. Right. No. And I, I think you're hundred percent right. And that's why, like, you know, I remember when, when I first started getting my head wrapped around NFTs, right? Like the, 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 the music side of things or the artist side of things. Like my sister's an artist. Like my sister has all the artistic, ability. I can't draw worth those. I can't draw a freaking stick figure. Right. And so like that, that I got excited. Cause I'm like, Holy crap. Now we have technology that actually can support these people and actually give them what they're actually worth and actually validate and, and, and earn what they're actually creating in the world. Like that's like you were saying, the blockchain can amplify that. But one of the things you brought up was very important was there are, and this isn't you, well, you, you mentioned one, but there's so many, there's business principles. There are things that have, have existed before the internet before, and people forget there's business done before the internet, right? You know what I'm saying? Like we forget that sometimes. And so it's like, you know, there's things that are, have to be in place or that you can leverage no matter what technology and no matter if we're in web 17 or if we're in the metaverse, whatever it may be, 
there's still going to be business principles that are going to be applicable to your situation. Right. And so like what Gabe was doing was genius. Why he was out there meeting his potential customers. He delivered them value before he asked for anything, AKA the sketch that he was doing. He was actually putting out a business card he was promoting. And then he basically empowered his people that he just gave something for free to do more promotion for him. Yep. And then what happened? He actually generated sales. So think about that flow that just happened right there. That is that is different than, hey, here's my project. Go mint it. No, no, no. He served. He delivered. He showed his value. He engaged. He nurtured. And then he generated a sale. And this is nothing different than what we do in the Web2 space. Right. And so it's like, but what's cool about this, dude, how many of us knew who Gabe was before he released Stoics? How many of us knew Gabe had this amazing talent? Before he was able to be able to leverage a platform like Web3 and the blockchain and NFTs to show off his talent to the world now. Now yeah. he's becoming, quote unquote, semi-famous. And yeah. he has a following. He has an audience. And he has followers. And he has people that love his art and that are giving, are giving him value for the art that he's producing in this world. Right, dude? And I'm going to give you a shout out, fans. So like, dude, I'm scrolling through my, my Twitter feed. I'm like, holy shit. <laughs> some of this stuff is dope. I'm like, how many walls do I need to have to be able to go print some of this stuff off to hang this on my walls? You know what I'm saying? And I'm like, and, and I, I know your story and where you came from, from when you started creating stuff to what, like, dude, you're killing it in this game. Thanks, man. Yeah, well, I, you know, a Duffy Cat, you know, on our team said, you know, she's like, sometimes fans are, you're going to have to actually just think like an artist and be okay being an artist. Cause like, sometimes like the marketer gets in front of me. I'm like, well, what am I going to put that out with the utility? Like people just want to buy it because they want to own the art. And I have to like, wrap my head but I, I mean it's been i mean i've spent so many hours over the last you know many months on this ai side right and it's i mean it's allowing me to you know really create some you know some really powerful images that i believe tell stories that you know convey emotion and it is the blockchain right and like right. and in a way for me it's finding a new medium which happened to be you know artificial intelligence and the ai right. uh tools that exist and i think for all those that are listening right like this isn't doom and gloom it's really, I think a, a byproduct is what projects are delivering something, taking advantage of what the blockchain has to offer, yep. and they're able to, to sustain that and they're building upon it. It's what artists are doing. It's what I'm, I mean, in the weirdest of way, I've made, you know, I've made over 10K, right? Like $13,000 on AI art drops that I'm very proud about that are simply AI art that people appreciate the art. And the beauty of it is the blockchain facilitated it. The technology helped me create it. And then I'm able to put it out into the world and do that, you know, as easy as, you know, putting it out on the blockchain. I think that to me is like, I'm still just as bullish. I know you are as well on where this is all going. It's just a matter of like, we do have to like kind of flush out a little bit of the SPF, (laughs) the, the, the pull that, that, that existed there. But, um, well, yeah, and, I, and I don't think we're done with that yet. I think no. there's still gonna, there's still some more dominoes to fall, right? And that's that's it's just it, we're cleansing, right? We're we're cleansing this the 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 marketplace, and we'll get there. But that's that's I mean I'm telling you if 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 any of these if you were listening out here right now and you were around during the e-commerce space or you were around during the dot com era in the 2000s, right? This is the exact same thing that was happening, right? When pet.com sold for millions of dollars and no one even knew when domains were selling for millions in early 2000s and no one had a website, like people like what this, and people were raising hundreds of millions of dollars on businesses that literally had no revenue. This was, is a hype machine, right? And once hype goes down, real stuff gets being built. And now you look at the e-commerce space and you look at Amazon that was born out of, of, of a bookstore, online bookstore that started mm-hmm. in 97. Like, wait till, wait 10, 15 years where we're going to be looking back and be like, dog, you remember when they, this used to be a PFP? <laughs> you know yep. what I'm saying? So like, that's where like, you got to have patience in this space. But that's where also like, I mean, I talk about like, I'm, I'm in this space to make money as well. But I also understand that like, I'm not here to make a quick dollar. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like I'm in here, I'm, I'm here early because I'm learning and I'm growing. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm meeting the right people. I'm, there's a whole bunch of stuff of value that I'm getting, but I'm investing as well. It's the same way I'm investing in the stock market. And, but it's also like, I'm not, all my eggs aren't in one basket as well. But like, you know, real quick, going back to your, to your art thing, you were talking about your AI art, man. Like don't discount, dude, like think about what just happened in this last couple months with you. You said, I'm going to learn this new skill. I'm going to be committed to this. And, I, and, and I'm going to bust my tail and learn this and spend hours. And next thing you know, you are getting better every single day, 1% better every single day. You're practicing, yep. you're putting the hours, you're putting in the reps, right? You were an athlete growing up, right? You put the reps in, you yep. show up on game day. Your game day was being able to sell out 
your initial collection, right? Because not only did you put the reps in to create it, but you also built an audience and people that supported you along the way. So you had an audience to sell that to. Right. This is nothing brand new, right? Right. So it's like, that's what I was like. Business is not hard. People make business hard a lot of times. And you can keep business very, very simple if you break it down to the principles. Now, right. you, you also look at with what you are creating now, this ties into your other where you were one of your other superpowers, which is speaking on stage, right? And your ability to tell stories. Cause now you're not just creating art. Like you said, you can now use this art to facilitate and tell an impactful stories. And now that image that you just created is burnt in somebody's head. Now they're going to not only remember the word you said to them, they're going to have the, the picture to remind it. And then also that's going to tell a story around that. So like there was a quote, and I was going to say this earlier, we were talking about, you know, connecting dots, but Steve Jobs says, you can't connect the dots looking forward. You can only connect the dots looking backwards. So you just pray that your dots are going to connect in the future. Right. Yep. And that's what's happening right now is we're in this space. We're learning, we're investing in projects. You're building AI art y'all, and we're doing like, it's like some of the stuff seems like, I don't know how any of this connects. Give yourself a couple of years. You're going to look back and be like, man, I am at this place right now because this happened, which happened because of this, which happened because of this, which happened because I started investing in NFTs. And that's what, I mean, if you think about like, dude, like we me and you, we got connected. Why? Because yep. I decided to go to social media market world for the first time this week or this year. Yep. I sat in, I sat in your, I sat in your uh, talk and I raised my hand and said, I collect Wheaties boxes. I got an NFT 365 hat. Yeah. Right? You were the first one. I threw it from the stage, right? Like right. talking about a crazy, crazy story, right? Who right. would have thought? So that's, so that's where it's like, it started, it started by us going to the same event. Did we know yep. each other? Well, we actually yeah. found out. And either, and, well, and neither one of us were paid to go there, right? Like, no. like literally, it's so like both of us put in the effort, the time, we showed up, we, we were able to be connected via that vehicle, right? Which is like, for everyone that's here showing up now, right? Listen to the podcast, going, right. you know, into NFT communities, that like the byproduct and the, the, the fruits of that labor are just going to continue to foster. Man, I can't say this enough. Like the relationship that you can build in this space right now, dude, two years you're not going to be able to build some of these relationships. Yep. Like that's what people don't realize. We're still so early that you can get access to people very, very early that are going to be game changing in this space. Yep. And that you'll just have a conversation with, right? Like, I mean, you think about like we were at, when we were in London, right? Spotty Wi-Fi, right? <laughs> just, just throw his name out there, right? Dude's a rap, dude's, dude's rapping with Snoop Dogg. Yeah. Right. And yeah, we're little, little opening for little Wayne and Snoop Dogg. And he's right. just chilling with us. And I'm sitting here drinking a beer with him down in his little his his show down in the basement of a restaurant in London. Like, yo, what's up? Right. So like that, I'm just telling people like like you said, there's so much good happening in this space. But going back, you know, full circle to the news, like do not get caught up in these headlines. Guys, headlines are there to evoke emotion. And half the emotions that are the best emotions that are evoked for a response are anger and fear. Fear. And that's yep. what's happening a lot, right? So that's why it's like you can read the headlines. I stay on top of the news, but I also something you said earlier, fans, was like, know what their motivation is. Their motivation is to get me riled up, get me fearful, to open things up, to read the article and, and, and stay in this loop of now I got to consume more because I don't know what's coming next. Oh, I'm pissed off. Now I know. Uh, now I need to know. Him. No, like take it for what it is, digest it. And then you need to figure out how to, how to interpret that for the action that you're going to do today. Right. And so for me, there's not going to be anything that tells me bit, what Bitcoin is going to be in the next 12 months, 16 months or Ethereum. I could care less. Because yes, I'm buying Bitcoin every day. Yes, I'm buying Ethereum every day for my own personal portfolio. But that's because I'm just dollar cost averaging over a long period of time. I'm not trying to time the market in this space. Why? Because I understand these are foundational pieces in the places that we're going in this Web3 metaverse blockchain world that we're going to be living in pretty soon. So like play the long game. Have fun in the short game, but understand you're in this for the long game. And if you are, if you're not, you probably shouldn't be in the game, to be honest. Wait till wait till we're further along in adoption, then you can come back into the game. Amen to that. So for all those listening, that you know, this is a this is a long game on the nice one hour episode we have for you here, <laughs> kind of kicking it off. And uh, for those that are it's in it for the long game, you know, make sure uh, you know, we'll have in the show notes, make sure you hit up the uh, our email newsletter that we have in there. We're gonna we're gonna be hitting you with you know some so a lot more information, hopefully on a, a more frequent basis as well. Is kind of keeping up to date with all things happening around the podcast. We have some other uh, amazing co-hosts that are coming. Some of the things that Jordash has going on. Some of the things that our teammates, uh, you know, team members have going on. So make sure you hit up that uh, on the newsletter. And of course, you know, more events coming, more news conversations happening. But uh, Jordash is a heck of a lot of fun. I'm uh, excited to have you as a as a co-host throughout the, this season number two and uh, big things ahead for all of us playing this long game, right? 
Yeah, man. I, f- I have a feeling we're going to have a challenge keeping these short between me and you, dude. But, uh, you know. Well, let's just say I've trained the audience for a year to not expect <laughs> anything short. <laughs> nah, I appreciate that. No, you know, I, and I'm excited because I think, you know, one of the things that we'll, we'll we're going to bring in some of this, these current events that are happening, right, that are happening in the space and, and talk about that from different angles and different in our perspectives and things like that. So people aren't just so caught up in the headlines and people can start, you know, zooming out with with how this fits into the bigger picture. Um, and I think, you know, I think me and you have a good different perspective of how we approach things that is going to be very complimentary. So I'm definitely looking forward to, you know, as we pr- progress through the season two. I am as well. So for all those listening, thanks again. And as always, until next time, make it a great day, my friends. Cheers. Bye. Thank you for listening to NFT 365. If you found this helpful, let us know by leaving a review, like, subscribe, share, and do all of those good things. Join our email list to keep up with all things NFT 365. We appreciate you spending a little of your time with us. And as always, this show is not financial advice, so do your own damn research.